Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, my name is Dr. David Marlin, and in this podcast, I'm going to try and demystify electrolytes for horses because this seems to be a topic that causes a lot of confusion. And what I'm going to cover is what are electrolytes, what they do, where electrolytes come from. I'm going to talk about electrolyte balance, imbalance, and I'm going to talk about electrolytes in the diet, and I'm going to dispel some common myths about electrolytes. So the first thing, from a uh, a chemistry point of view, we call an electrolyte a single pure chemical substance that can have a positive or negative charge. Now, that's maybe not something you relate to. So let's take the example of salt. Salt, the common name, sodium chloride. That's its chemical name. And it has a chemical formula, NaCl, which the Na represents sodium and the Cl represents chloride. So salt is a mixture of two different electrolytes, sodium and chloride. And sodium has a positive charge, chloride has a negative charge, and that effectively sticks these two uh, chemicals together. So the key thing about electrolytes are if we were to dissolve them in water, it would produce a solution that will conduct electricity, whereas water that is uh, pure, doesn't conduct electricity very well. Now, the main electrolytes that we find in the horse's body (coughs) are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. And these all have a positive charge 
and then we have bicarbonate, chloride and phosphorus and these all have a negative charge. What do electrolytes do? Well they do so many different things. They regulate thirst, they are the way that nerves work, they help muscles to contract, they're involved in bone and tooth formation, they're involved in energy production, they're involved in making DNA and RNA. Uh, chloride is involved in making stomach acid. So there's lots of different essential things that electrolytes do in our body. But electrolytes aren't evenly distributed within the body. So for example, within our blood, we have high sodium and chloride, but low potassium. Whereas inside cells, we have high potassium and low sodium and chloride, the opposite way around. Now, a 500 kilo horse is made up of around 300 litres of water. And we divide this into two different, what we call compartments. One is what is called the ECF or extracellular fluid compartment. And that's about one third, 100 litres is in that compartment. And that is the plasma, uh, what's called interstitial fluid. That's the fluid that sits between cells and the lymphatic system which returns fluid back into the circulation from the tissues and something we call transcellular fluids which would include fluid that is inside the gastrointestinal tract. Now the majority, twice as much, 200 litres, is called the intracellular fluid and that is the fluid that's actually within each cell of the body. <clears throat> so for the fluid outside the cells, the 100 litres, the plasma within the blood is about 30 litres and the gut contains about 50 litres of water. Now the concentrations of electrolytes in different body compartments in a normally hydrated horse they do differ depending on which electrolyte we're talking about and one of the confusing things perhaps is often when we talk about concentration um, concentration can be confusing if you haven't done uh, chemistry for, for a long while. So, for example, concentration is the amount of something per volume. So, if we have one tennis ball in a bucket, we have a concentration of one tennis ball per bucket. If we put six in there, in the same bucket, we have six tennis balls per bucket. So, we have six times the concentration of tennis balls because the volume's the same but we've got more tennis balls in there. So that's a simple way of explaining it in tennis balls. What about if we're talking about uh, salt or electrolytes? So if we have, uh, we weigh out five mils, uh, well, sorry, we don't weigh out, we would measure out five mils of salt. That's a sort of teaspoon of salt. That would weigh around about 10 grams. And if we have a bucket of 10 liters of water, and we add 10 grams of salt, what's the concentration? Well, we divide, uh, we have to convert our, our, our litres um, into millilitres, and effectively what we have is one gram in one litre. Um, so that would be the concentration. So one gram per thousand mils, or 0.1% would be the concentration. Now, when we talk about concentrations of electrolytes, we actually use a, uh, a we, we use a term called millimoles per liter, 
which is a chemistry way of expressing how much of something there is in a litre uh, of fluid. And in the plasma, uh, there are 140 millimoles of sodium and then about 100 millimoles of chloride and then very small amounts of actually of potassium, calcium, magnesium. And that's pretty much the same for the fluid that's within the gut. It has a very similar composition. But when we looked at what is inside cells, we find there's very little sodium, very little chloride, very little actually calcium. The main one is potassium. And whereas there's about 140 millimoles per litre of, of sodium in plasma and the gut, there's 140 millimoles per litre of potassium inside the fluid in cells. And the next highest uh, concentration inside cells is actually magnesium. Now, electrolytes are incredibly important for thirst. And thirst in the horse is regulated by the concentrations of sodium, chloride and bicarbonate, glucose and urea, and also by a, a, a term we say osmolality, which is effectively the total strength, osmotic strength of a fluid. And it will have a higher osmotic strength the more electrolytes are in there. And when it comes to thirst, though, the main uh, electrolyte that regulates thirst, as you probably will all know, is sodium. Now, if you're exercising or traveling your horse, by the time your horse is thirsty, it's likely to have already lost about 3% of its body weight. And that would be, in a 500 kilo horse, somewhere equivalent to around 15 liters of fluid. Now, that doesn't, for the horse, present particularly any problems. And in fact, uh, horses probably, well, there's good evidence they do exercise and perform better when they are slightly dehydrated which is very different to people where 1% dehydration has a clear negative effect on athletic performance. So, for example, what we might see with endurance horses is that they would lose maybe 3 or 4% of their body weight on the first loop, and then they might lose uh, another couple of percent on the, on the next loop. So by the time they come in on loop two, they're around 5% dehydrated. But then they start drinking and the interesting thing is they then run for the rest of the race around about this 4-5% dehydrated. They don't manage to replace all that fluid because they don't need to. As I say, this fluid is drawn from the gut which acts as a reservoir and the fact that this fluid comes from there and the fact that blood flow to the gut reduces during exercise are two of the reasons why uh, gut sounds are reduced during exercise in horses, particularly during endurance type exercise. So sodium is the key really to hydration. And when a horse is normally hydrated, it has a certain amount of sodium in the fluid in the body. Now, if that horse just drinks water, the sodium becomes dehydrated, becomes not dehydrated, sorry, it becomes the sodium concentration drops because we have the same amount of sodium, but we've added in more water. And the response of the body to that is driven by the kidney, which will try to, or it won't even try, it will, it will actually do it, it will excrete water until the sodium concentration in the blood is back to normal. 
And this is a problem if we have dehydrated horses because if they are dehydrated and they drink only water, then all that happens is the sodium is diluted, the kidney senses this and excretes the water. So in order to properly rehydrate, the horse needs not only water but a source of sodium as well. And this can come from the feed, it can come from, from hard feeds, it can come from forage, it can come from supplements added to the feed, it can come from electrolyte syringes. So if we increase the sodium in the blood, this increases thirst, we get increased drinking, and we get increased hydration. But And horses may still be dehydrated, or they may be dehydrated, but if their sodium is low, they still will not drink. And that's the case where in sick horses, they may often have to be given intravenous fluids because they are not drinking. Now, one of the myths we hear is that, or this is a myth, you may not be aware, but you should not give electrolytes to a dehydrated horse that isn't drinking. Now, the reason is, or the rationale for this, is that when you give electrolytes, such as in a, a syringe, they draw water into the stomach and further dehydrate the horse. But the problem here with this is that this isn't how the body works. If water was drawn into the gut, this would decrease the, uh, the amount of water in the blood and this would therefore relatively increase the concentration of sodium, which would be a stimulus for the horse to drink. Now, on top of that, the amount of water that could be drawn into the stomach by electrolytes would probably be only be a few litres in any case. So uh, that would not significantly dehydrate the horse. Nevertheless, it is clear that often when we give dehydrated horses uh, electrolytes in the form of a syringe, it will start to, to it will stimulate drinking, possibly because they don't like um, the taste of the electrolyte or the, it's too salty in their mouths. So the important thing with horses is to try and maintain the levels of electrolytes in their body over a long period of time. Um, and this doesn't have to be done on an hourly basis, but on a weekly basis, if the amount being excreted isn't matched by more coming in, then we get into deficiency and imbalance. So intake comes from, as we've already said, from feeds, from forage, from supplements. And losses are each day, and these are primarily through urine and feces. But if the horse is working, this will also be through sweat of course and a small amount may well also be lost in the breath and over time as we've said these these intake and and loss must balance otherwise we get uh, deficiency or imbalances and these can lead to things such as reduced performance um, dehydration which may lead to gastrointestinal disturbance uh, abnormal nerve function thumps or synchronous diaphragmatic flutter muscle dysfunction that may just be fatigue or it may actually be an episode of tying up and we may also in severe cases get compromised kidney function or kidney damage and different electrolytes may have different effects if they're imbalanced for example 
Uh, high sodium loss can lead to high heart rate. It can lead to low blood pressure. It can lead to increased capillary refill time. Even potentially neurologic signs, muscular spasms, fatigue, decreased thirst. So what determines how much electrolyte your horse needs? Well, the main thing is going to be how hard your horse is working, how much your horse sweats, the weather, and what you are feeding. But we also have to take into account individual variation. So what one horse needs may not be the same as what another horse doing exactly the same work in the same climate on the same diet needs. So we can, of course, work out how much electrolytes a horse is getting from its diet and work out if that diet is balanced. However, one of the problems with doing this is that not all of the electrolytes are absorbed to the same extent. So, for example, horses will absorb almost all of the sodium and chloride that they take in in the diet, but they may only absorb around 50% of the potassium, calcium and magnesium. And again, there is individual variation here. Whilst pretty much all horses will absorb uh, most sodium and chloride, um, calcium absorption in some horses may be as low as 20% and in others as high as 70-80%. So even if you know exactly what you're feeding, it may not be possible to know if your horse is deficient. So from diet analysis, it is one way that we can uh, try to determine if your horse is getting at least in the, in the right ballpark the amount of electrolytes. So the big question here is how do you know if your diet is right or wrong with the respect to electrolytes? Well, it's probably right if you've estimated how much uh, is going in and how much is being lost if you've got a balanced diet uh, if your horse is performing well if you've not got problems such as tying up or colic and if your horse drinks normally and you might have a problem if diet analysis suggests a deficiency or imbalance if your horse has loss of performance especially over a long period of time especially if that happens during the summer uh, if you've got episodes of tying up or colic or thumps, these would all be signs that you may well have a problem with your electrolyte management. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
So let's look at some of the ways you can try to avoid having electrolyte problems. The first is to do a diet analysis. <laughs> and we can do this from uh, using published values that are available for common feed materials. We can look at manufacturers' labels, although they don't have to give you too much information about electrolyte. They're only required by law to actually put in the percentage of sodium in the feed. And then, of course, we can actually analyse feeds or forages by sending them to uh, a laboratory. And in fact, some of the feed companies uh, do offer uh, analysis of feeds or forage um, for you if you want to send, particularly for forage. And there are also independent companies that will do this. If you want to try and work out how much your horse is losing in electrolytes, so for example in sweat, uh, we can do this from uh, published papers. Um, and that, but this is quite complicated for uh, owners to do um, without the right access to, to the right information. So we'll explain in a, in a sec how you can potentially do that. Um, when it comes to sweat, uh, sweat competition, competition, composition even, does vary between different horses and it does uh, vary over time. Um, it does. It, it sweat is less rich in electrolytes when horses are heat acclimatized, for example. But interestingly, sweat is highest in chloride, and then sodium, then potassium, and with a small amount of calcium. And horses produce what is called hypertonic sweat. So the concentrations of electrolytes in sweat are actually higher than in the plasma, whereas people by contrast produce what's called isotonic sweat which is or hypotonic sweat which is the same or lower concentration of electrolytes compared to the plasma <clears throat> now one of the ways we can quickly get an idea of our electrolyte balance uh, is to look at uh, using something like Feed Excel, which is a software which you can use. You put in all the values for your diet and it does a calculation for you and shows you where your imbalances are. And if I took, for example, uh, one that I've done before, a 10-year-old 550 warm blood cross gelding in moderate work with no health issues on a diet of 17 kilos of average quality grass hay per day, I know that that will be a diet that is deficient uh, particularly in sodium so how would I balance that well I could uh, look at that just by giving uh, adding to that diet 60 grams of salt um, which would solve uh, that problem and if I wanted to be uh, really sure and balance out all the uh, all the other components of the diet that might well be low on a 17 kilograms per day forage such as folic acid vitamin e iodine copper so trace minerals then i could add in a uh, 60 grams of a concentrated vitamin and mineral supplement as well and that would fully balance that diet people often ask well what about blood tests can't i have a blood test to tell if my horse has got adequate electrolytes Unfortunately, blood tests only show up severe deficiencies. Um, the electrolytes in the blood, even in horses that are moderately to severely deficient, if they're still relatively healthy, 
the concentrations will be normal. Concentrations of electrolytes in the plasma are altered by exercise. Uh, they are altered by illness. But as I say, they are not a good indicator of whether your horse has adequate uh, electrolytes and whether they are balanced. So horses, for example, can have normal plasma calcium but be breaking down their bones to release calcium in order to maintain that plasma calcium concentration. Because for normal health, normal physiological function, it's essential that those plasma concentrations are maintained within a very tight range. Probably the best way we have that we can assess whole body electrolyte status in horses and, and also in people um, and other animals is to use what's called the urinary fractional electrolyte excretion test or the urinary creatinine clearance test. And this is a test where we collect a sample of urine during mid-flow. Um, we have to collect it before feeding and before exercise and then we have to get a blood sample within one hour of that urine and from that we can calculate the ratio of the electrolytes being excreted between the plasma and the urine and we use this marker called creatinine to assess the rate of clearance from the plasma and that is our best way of working out if a horse's diet is, is adequate for it in terms of electrolytes. Electrolyte supplements added to feed are the simplest way to restore on a regular daily basis. Uh, these are usually, if they're palatable, um, it cannot, you know, if the horse will eat them on their own without the feed, they probably are very high in sugar and very low in electrolytes. So that's something to watch out for. The important thing to look for is the sodium content on the label. Um, but the key thing with feeding electrolyte supplements is to feed them on a daily basis according to the level of work your horse is in at that time. So if your horse is in moderate work, you feed according to moderate work on a daily basis. Don't try to add... Uh, to adjust say well my horse had a day off so I won't give any and then my horse has done hard work today so I'll give twice as much if you feed the same amount over that a week or so the kidney will sort itself out and work out what it needs to keep and what it needs to get rid of one key point here is don't try and load before competitions um, I often see people trying to double up or treble up even what they're feeding as they come up to a competition. It's not going to work. The horse isn't going to store that and you may well just put your horse off its feed um, or cause other problems, which we're actually going to discuss in just a second. Um, there is some evidence that uh, concentrated electrolytes or high electrolyte intake can uh, irritate the gastric mucosa and lead to gastric ulcers, or if horses have them already, may well worsen them. Um, so that's just one thing to be uh, careful of. There are some supplements around, uh, electrolyte supplements, that where the electrolytes themselves are coated in a fat, which means that they are, that protects the uh, mucosa because it's the fat that comes in contact, not the electrolyte. If you think of 
For example, if you have a graze on the back of your hand, that might be like having a, a horse having an ulcer in the stomach. If you were to put salt or electrolytes on that, then that would cause a lot of pain. And, and that's in fact what probably does happen uh, with horses with gastric ulcers when they eat ordinary electrolytes. So the, the problem really is that uh, electrolyte is quite a complicated uh, subject and there are quite a few myths out there. Now one of them is that if you give a horse free access to a mineral block or a salt lick uh, that it will be able to adequately self-regulate how much salt it needs. Now we have a number of studies that have shown this actually doesn't happen. Um, and often horses don't touch them at all or they eat them uh, way too too much, uh, possibly through boredom in a very short period. But as I say, unfortunately, horses are not able to regulate their electrolyte intake from having free access to uh, ad-lib electrolytes, if you like. Another myth is that glucose or other sugars are essential for absorption of electrolytes from the, the stomach or the small intestine. This simply isn't true. There's no evidence for that. They're there purely for palatability. As we've said, you should not increase your electrolytes coming into a competition. That is just going to cause problems. Uh, one of the other myths is that horses can't store electrolytes. Yes, they can keep electrolytes in the body. What they can't do is store extra if you try to uh, put more in that will just result in them drinking more and producing more urine there's lots of different types of electrolytes out there uh, there's liquid ones there's ones which are powders there's pellets there's chelated minerals in them there's sugars there's buffered flavored everything whatever you want you can find um, Liquid ones to me are pretty much a waste of time because they're not very uh, not very concentrated. There's not much electrolyte in there, um, and many of the syringes don't actually have very much electrolyte in them. Uh, lots of them electrolytes. The powder ones are are pretty much full of sugar, and you don't get very much electrolyte. So, what should you look out for in an electrolyte supplement? Well, you're looking for sodium, chloride, potassium, calcium, and magnesium, and you're looking for sodium to be one of the main ingredients. Some of them do have other things in, such as phosphorus, sulfate, bicarbonate, citrate, glucose, lactate. These may be beneficial. There's not great evidence that they are. Um, so take less notice of those. And then finally, there are things included in electrolyte supplements such as manganese, zinc, iron, vitamins, pectin, ascorbic acid, B vitamins, and, and FOS, fructooligosaccharides. These don't need to be in there, and they're, not, they're a waste of time in an electrolyte supplement. If you look at how much electrolyte you're getting per syringe, uh, you might find you're quite surprised. Some of the popular ones, such as Apple Lights, only have around five grams of electrolyte per syringe, which is going to be a waste of time. Uh, a good one should have at least 25, maybe 30, 30, 35 grams of electrolyte per syringe, because that's what you're going to need to have an effect on, uh, on the horse's drinking or electrolyte replacement. 
You can overfeed electrolytes. Um, this usually results in the horse not wanting to eat its feed. If they do eat the feed with high electrolytes in, then you get excessive drinking and you get excessive urine. The urine is very pale, the floor's incredibly wet. You may also get loose droppings um, and you may also start to get problems with gastric ulceration. But in my experience, over supplementation is very rare and under supplementation is extremely common. So does my horse need electrolytes? Does your horse need electrolytes? Most horses would benefit from one 25ml scoop of salt per day. That's around 50 grams of salt. If they're in work to that, I would add a balanced electrolyte according to the level of work they're in at that time. Light, medium, hard, competing. In warm weather, uh, you would want salt plus electrolytes as well. Uh, you may want to increase those amounts, particularly the electrolytes. And for some horses, um, there's special considerations. So, for example, horses that tie up may well want more electrolytes. And for horses that are exper have experienced a number of bouts of impaction colic, I would uh, put more salt and electrolytes into their diet to try and encourage more drinking and uh, a better level of hydration. So the key points here... Electrolytes have to be obtained from the diet because horses cannot make them. Electrolytes are lost every day, primarily in the urine and feces and in sweat if the horses are in work. Most horse diets are low in sodium, so 1 times 25 ml of salt a day is a good move. Horses are much more likely to be under-supplemented with respect to electrolytes than over-supplemented. Horses can store electrolytes in their body they can keep them in the body but if you feed an excess it will be excreted even if your horse is deficient if you suddenly put a lot more into the diet it will excrete a lot of that and it will retain a small amount and build that up over time to get back to normal horses do not regulate their electrolyte intake themselves very well from having free access to salt or mineral licks so the best approach is to put them into the diet and the best approach from this is to feed daily with a slight excess and then the kidney will sort itself out thanks very much i hope that's answered a lot of your questions about electrolyte management in horses bye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.